Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
Into our world as into Mary's womb. Come, Lord Jesus, into the forgotten places as into the stable. Come, Lord Jesus, into the lives of the poor bringing hope, into the lives of the powerful bringing caution, into the lives of the weary bringing rest, into the lives of the wise bringing restlessness, and into our lives and longings, whatever our estate. Come, Lord Jesus. This is the good news. Christ is coming, and blessed are those who wait on the Lord. Therefore, come quickly, Lord.
Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly or secretly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So when Joseph awoke, from sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife that had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. We are in the season of Advent, and we here at the center and in Chapelwood, we're looking at some of the characters in the story of the birth of Christ that are sometimes overlooked um, or sometimes uh, we don't see the full picture of, of who they were or, or how they fit into this story. And so today we are focusing on Joseph. Now, one thing about Joseph is, at least I'll speak for myself, it, it's, it's easy when I think about the Christmas story. Um, and I think growing up and probably a lot of my adult life, I often have seen it through the lens of Mary, and which that means you see it through the lens of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke really highlights Mary. And we read some from the Gospel of Luke last week as it related to Elizabeth. Um, and you can almost get the sense with, with the emphasis in, in Luke, and there's this kind of a joyful, you know, a, a surprise of like, of God coming to Mary and God coming to Elizabeth and, and these just miraculous conceptions and births. And, um, but then when you look at Joseph, you see a different perspective and you get to see it through his eyes and what he felt. And what you see in Matthew and the way he's telling the story through Joseph's perspective is this all happens uh, in the midst of chaos and conflict. Uh, and it's a, it's a difficult story. It's a difficult message he gets. Uh, initially, um, from Mary, whether Mary tells him, hey, guess what the angel told me? <laughs> Surprise, I'm going to have a baby. Um, or some traditions say he was gone for several months working and then came home and, wow, you're pregnant. <laughs> How did this happen? Um, and we don't maybe get the full impact of how devastating this was in their culture uh, because it's, it's easy not to see that in, in this setting, in this culture, how legally binding this betrothal was. Um, for her to have become pregnant out of wedlock without being fully married yet, but legally bound to each other, she could have been stoned. I mean, to follow the law would have been for a public inquiry to happen. And so just to get the sense of how fragile this is, um, here she is, she's a teenager, she's pregnant, 
under circumstances that seem mysterious. <laughs> um, what is Joseph going to do? And I think the hint that the biblical author wants to show us that this is in the midst of chaos is the beginning of Matthew. He uses the word Genesis a few different times. And the very first verse in our scripture reading, it says, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place. But actually, in the Greek, it says, now the genesis of Jesus the Christ came about in this way. And so it harkens back to Genesis 1, in the beginning, um, when God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was in chaos. Um, it was without form. It was void. Um, so this is a new genesis, and it's in the midst of conflict and, and chaos. And you see the inner conflict of Joseph. What is he going to do? Um, and it says that he was righteous. And the other way that this is often translated, and sometimes in the Psalms it's translated beautifully as to be upright, uh, to be upright in heart, really. And, and that image, I love the image of upright in heart. It kind of... <laughs> I have this image of the heart being kind of turned upside down, and it's oriented to the vertical. Um, and so you get a sense of his character. Um, but there's a dichotomy here. There's a tension here that he is called righteous and upright, but he doesn't want to do what the law says. I mean, you would think to be righteous would be to follow what's right according to the law. But according to the law, she needs to be made a public example of, um, and possibly the end result is death. But, he, to, for, but for him to be upright in heart is to do that which is kind and compassionate. I don't know if, if you were here several weeks ago and we were exploring what does it mean to be a saint, uh, if you recall... One of the Hebrew words for saint is hasid, which means to be kind. And so I, I think you get a sense of what makes Joseph a saint here. Um, you begin to see his kind heart. And, man, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I can feel this tension even in myself sometimes. What's the right thing to do might not always be the loving thing to do. What culture tells you is the right thing to do, what the law tells you is the right thing to do, what your religion tells you is the right thing to do, might not be the loving thing to do. Wow. Um, so Joseph goes to sleep, which begins to show us the other kind of tension here is... Um, to go to sleep to wake up. It's, it's when he goes into that deeper state of rest that he can hear more clearly. And in this situation, it's in the context of literal sleep, right? And he has a dream where a divine message comes to him, don't be afraid. This is of God. It doesn't look like it. And it's messy. And it's messed up. Um, but it's actually of God. And what's happening is of the Spirit. So don't be afraid. Take him as your own. And so he has this message when he's in a state of deep rest when he is able to hear from a more intuitive level. And I think a one practical way that a lesson we take from this is when you have a big decision ahead of you, you probably should sleep on it. <laughs> and don't do something too hastily. Don't send that email too hastily. Uh, don't have that conversation too hastily. 
Um, one good lesson is you need to sleep on it and ask, what, what should I do, oh God? <laughs> right? But I think another lesson to apply this in a way it's, we can use it on the go is we need, as we're faced with a decision, and maybe we can't go sleep on it, maybe we have to make a more quicker decision, is drop down into a heartful space, into a more state of rest and calm and ease so that you have access to a higher intuition as you ask, okay, as I come and anchor into the heart from this center, what's the highest good I can do in this situation? What's the kind thing I can do? What's the right, truly upright and hard thing to do? And see what comes, see what rises. What lesson are you learning from Joseph? Um, who was in conflict, who was in chaos, but he was upright in heart. He woke up to the kind thing to do. And he didn't know what it would look like after he took those first few steps of saying yes. It was going to be an unknown future. And so what can we learn um, from him? Um, and one thing I am taking with me is how pivotal Joseph was to the story of protecting Mary. Um, and also, as we do the kind, upright, and heart thing to do, we don't know what dramatic effect we're gonna have on the people that we act kindly and lovingly towards. That's something for us to ponder. Thank you.
I'd like to invite us into a time of prayer. Um, I will offer some prompts for you, um, and then whatever your response is that comes from your heart rather through word or image, whatever that is, would you lift that to the light of God? Let us pray. Oh God, we pray for those that are asked to bear the light in unbearable times. And we pray for those whose story contains scandal. May they find themselves in good company. with what is right versus what is loving. May they know what they need to do. And we pray for those who are asked to love and to bless and to name that which did not come from them. Finally, we pray for those who are in need of rest. Rest in mind, in heart, in body, and spirit. May they be nurtured and restored for the living of their days.
surely Joseph was the exact right person to be Jesus' father. Joseph had to have taught his son what it means to do hard, loving things because we see it reflected all throughout the life of Jesus. And perhaps gathering around the table with his friends on the night before he died, the table being a place of love and acceptance, of fellowship, of teaching, of family. Surely when Jesus gathered with his beloved ones and took the bread, he had to have remembered his father, Joseph. And of course, when he gave thanks to his heavenly father and broke that bread, and gave it to his beloved ones, he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and every time you do, remember me. This is a hard thing, but it is the most loving thing that I could ever do for you. Receive it wakefully and gratefully. In the same way, he took the wine, poured it, and gave it to his beloved ones and said, take this, drink this, each of you. This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, my very life just pour it out for you and for many. Drink this in deep remembrance. Drink this in remembrance of me and my love and my grace that was poured out and given for you in deep love. Let us pray. O merciful one, O compassionate one, you who are filled with loving kindness, we give you deep thanks for your love given and poured out in these elements. May they be for us a way to fully receive your grace into our very beings, that we, like Christ, might embody that grace, incarnate that grace in our worlds today as we seek to do the loving thing, as we seek to do that which is of the highest and for the highest good as we seek to live heart-centered lives in our world today. We thank you that your spirit always hovers over us and overshadows us and dwells within us, yearning to bring new life into being through us. And so we offer ourselves to you as we take and as we receive. We pray in the name of the living Christ who shows us the way. Amen. Each of you are invited to take this feast. There are no prerequisites. We invite you to come to one of the two communion stations located down the side aisles. Um, and when you come, um, hold your hands in a, a receptive kind of way like this and we'll put a bit of bread in the palm of your hand. It'll be a little cup of juice on the pedestal stand for you as well. You're welcome to make your communion there or take it to the um, prayer rails or your pew, whatever feels right for you. Um, the candle banks are also open to receive your prayers. And if you need a gluten-free option, you can come to the organ side and your servers will assist you there. So 
children of God, this is for you. Would you come? Thank you.
It's been so good to be together today. Thank you each for, for being here and for bringing the truth of your beautiful selves to this space and time. There are several opportunities we want to highlight. If you need a little bit more time of silence and centering, a group will gather here close to the organ um, immediately after the service. And then at 10 o'clock, we are going to gather in the Anchor House for our um, Advent community gathering. Um, so we hope that each of you will come over and um, spend some time in, in conversation, coffee, and um, treats that people have brought. Um, the service of the longest night is something that the, the center has long um, offered to our community as a place for people who are not feeling so shiny and bright um, in the holiday season. Um, it's a place to, to just be a little bit more still, um, to receive the good news of the birth of Christ, but in a way that's particular to those in sorrow and grief. So we invite you to come, or if you have someone in mind that you think might benefit from this, invite them and come with them. Um, and that's uh, next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock here in the chapel. And then our Christmas Eve service is going to be at 6 o'clock on the 24th. That's a Sunday night. We will have service here at 845 Christmas Eve morning. And then at 6 o'clock in the evening, we'll be over on the grounds of the Anchor House. If the weather is not good, we will be inside the Anchor House. Um, so... Um, just be prayerful that we are able to be underneath the stars, just as the shepherds were. And finally, I want to say one more thing. The labyrinth is going to be installed this very week. And if you want to be a part of that, um, over at the Anchor House, um, would you see one of us? Would you write your name on a piece of paper and give it to us? And we will make sure that you get the specifics, uh, time, and how to be prepared for that. Um, so it'll be a several day process and we'd love for anyone who wants to be a part of it to be able to do that. And if you're not coming to the Anchor House, just email one of us and we will make sure you get connected. So our practice is to receive the benediction that comes from within. Whatever that word, that encouragement that God has given you this day, solidify that and hold on to it as you depart this space in grace and peace and knowing that you are deeply loved.